You are listening to You Heard It Here Second, episode 23. This episode is sponsored by hashtag Year in Boston. Visit yearinboston.com to win a year of free rent at Chroma Cambridge. Donate $10 to Y2Y Harvard Square and you'll automatically be entered to win. The podcast is produced every Monday night and airs every Tuesday morning. More information can be found on our website, derekandsteve.com. This may be the most Boston story I've ever heard in my entire life, ever. Derek and Steve present... I want to make a request every time we say Taco Bell news that the Taco Bell dong goes... We can, dong. We can do that. Okay. We can do that, I think. I mean, as long hard. as we don't say it too many times. Taco Bell news, Taco Bell news. <laughs> everyone knows that I don't like LeBron James. I'm biased against that, but... Yes, everyone knows, he, Derek. With a great shot of Melisandre taking off the clothes, but then they tricked us. All of a sudden, there's this old, decrepit 200-year-old lady naked in front of us. You heard it here second. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 23 of You Heard It Here Second. I'm Derek. This is Steve. Steve, what's going on? What's going on, Derek? Not much is going on. Well, actually, a lot has gone on. Um, we have a special guest today, um, and I will I think I have the honor of introducing him. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Today, we have probably our most popular guest, maybe not highest profile celebrity, but definitely our most popular, um, Boston Tweet. His real name is Tom O'Keefe. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'll take most popular. I think that works for me. <laughs> yeah. So last we checked, you were at how many Twitter followers? Uh, I think it's 182, 182,000. Yeah. 182,000. Yeah. A couple that, more than us. That's about 180,000 <laughs> more than me. <laughs> Give or take 2,000. Right. So, uh, so Boston Tweet, great to have you on here. So yeah. uh, we wanted to, I guess, start at the beginning. Uh, a lot of people probably wondering, obviously, you're a popular personality in Boston. You have all these great insights into hot spots around the city. How did you get started? You know, How did you gain this popularity, particularly on Twitter, but just in general on social media, gaining such a following in the Boston area? Yeah, thank- it started on Twitter. I mean, it started at a time that was I was really kind of screwed. Um, <laughs> started in 08, 2008. So I had a couple internet startups in 08. Um, in the fall of 08, Lehman Brothers crashed. We started yep. going into recession, sure. and I was really effed. Um, I was really in a bad shape. So Twitter was new. It was free. Um, I lost everything in those other two startups. I had no money other than free. And um, created a Twitter account. actually tried to create an account called Boston Tweets, plural, um, because I was like, oh, I'm going to send more than one tweet. <laughs> um, luckily, that account was taken So because uh, I never thought it would actually be kind of synonymous with me as a yeah. name. Uh, started Boston Tweet, I think November 21st, 2008 was the first wow. tweet. And the first tweet was actually about the public house uh, in, nice. in Washington. You, you, still, you'll stu- you still tweet about the public house. I go there all the time. Yeah. I go, I, yeah, I go there a lot more than I tweet about it. So uh, <laughs> I've been a regular there for many, many years. But uh, it started from that, just a way to kind of build awareness for local business, build awareness for me to brand myself, because at that time, everything was frozen up. I couldn't get a job or anything. So I was hoping to get through the holidays and then maybe January actually get a job. Yeah. By January, it actually turned into a job itself. It became right. kind of big. And I was like, wow, holy crap, this is... This is legit. From November so, yeah. to January? Yeah. So That's by so then, cool. everything was new then. So no one was really doing, there was, there was no restaurants on there. There was yep. very few news media on there. Um, a lot of people were just talking about their everyday mundane stuff going on there. Twitter was getting a lot of crap at the time. It's just being a boring platform, a mm-hmm. kind of a Facebook sort of status update. Um, so what I was doing was fairly new. It was Boston Tweet as opposed to Tom O'Keefe. And um, everyone in Boston, 2,000 people within a couple months. Wow. And wow. at that time, it was a lot because there weren't many people yeah, on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so do you get recognized in the street at all? Or like, what is it like to be a, 
a fake because you have more followers than like City Hall does or like Mayor Marty Walsh. Yeah, Marty's Marty's coming up, but uh, I definitely <laughs> have more. Uh, I've been doing it a little longer than Marty, but uh, yeah, I get recognized a lot um, downtown, especially when we're not bundled up in the freezing cold yeah, weather. Right. So uh, that's like the best part. The best part is you know started off at that time. I had sort of a, my BC friends and maybe a dozen of us that. That's all I knew in the city. And now it's thousands and thousands of people and get to meet new people every single day and yeah. people come up to me. So it's that for that it's been amazing. Twitter's still an awesome tool for connecting with people. I, yeah. s- I actually have a funny story. So probably over a year ago, maybe a year and a half, I, I knew who you were because I follow Boston Tweet and I follow a lot of other uh, Boston-specific Twitter handles. Um, and you were doing a promotion that was like, I'm going to be dropping off five or six gift cards to or like tickets to a show or something throughout the day. Um, and so, and I saw you post one kind of near where I was, so I ran out to see if I, I could find it. Didn't find it, but I saw you. Oh yeah. Yes, and I I could recognize you because your photos that the on the tw- on your Twitter handle. So I followed you a little bit, probably like wow, two. Stalker. Yeah, <laughs> followed you about two blocks. You went into a hotel and like sat down on a couch, and I was like, well, this is where this story ends. <laughs> yeah. But I actually like tried to get because you. If you know who it is who's giving away the free stuff and you're hiding them, like I'm just gonna follow you till you place it and then grab it. Yeah, I had that. So I, a couple of years ago, I gave away like a dozen, um, six pairs of Marathon Monday Red Sox tickets. It was oh. huge and it was all in one day. Um, and there was another time I gave away like hundred dollars in cash. I think a thousand. That might have been the one I was going for. <laughs> that was uh, Black Friday a few years ago. But uh, both of those times, there were people following me all over the city. And you can totally <laughs> tell because you're walking, you turn around, and they sort of stop and look <laughs> another way. Um, so those are fun. But usually, I try to do totally at random and shake everyone off. Yeah. Did Did you ever find yourself uh, avoiding a hiding spot you were going to put something in because you felt like people were going to just? Yeah. See it right there's away? a couple of people that come out. Oh, it's about to hide. I'm like, oh, are you giving away free stuff? I'm like, oh, crap. Um, no. <laughs> and then they would just hang around. I'm like, all right, I can't post it yeah. here. I got to go somewhere else. Yeah. It's like, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a few minutes ago, you mentioned uh, your BC friends. You know, you, they were kind of the ones in the beginning when you had started this. Um, you know, a lot of our audience might not know that you're a BC guy. You graduated from BC. Um, yep. We were just talking about this off air uh, with graduation being today. So, you know, how does that make you feel this time of year as, as you're looking back on your BC time? Yeah, this time, um, this time of year. So it's May. It's always, uh, always takes me back to senior week, especially the last. I think the last night, the Sunday night before the graduation, which you know you're up all night till oh. six in the morning. You just fall asleep a little bit, and then Mrs. Tortuna, Mrs. Fortuna's knocking on the door to say to get the hell up. <laughs> yep. Oh, it was awful. But I don't know, just the air, the smell. The freshness of everything starting to bloom this time of year always reminds me about last week. And maybe because I think we were outside the entire week partying in, in the mods and, right. and just hanging out and always, you know, our week was actually really cold and rainy. Oh, no, uh, really? It was kind of kind of a crappy week, but uh, it always brings me back, even years later, yeah. um, and staying up late. And it's been a while since I've stayed up all night. <laughs> I'm sure you guys have, but I haven't. It's a great so. time of year. Um, and so, also, apparently... Um, you just had a reunion. We have our five-year coming up yeah. in a year or two. Um, tell us a little bit about going back to BC and what we should expect from our reunions. And we won't say which reunion it was. <laughs> yeah, mine's a little older than five. Um, five is a show. It's a, it's a total mess. Um, man, we at that time, we lived in Cleveland Circle. I remember having kegs before. I think the big dance was Saturday night. Um, and just... Uh, 
I'm surprised he even let us in. I, the amazing thing about the reunion, you get away with anything. Yeah. Yes. Because they're all about, oh, hey, Steven, why don't you donate some money to us? Like, you get away with everything. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, you're, you know, when you're in college, you'd be thrown into, I don't know if BC Police has a jail or not. <laughs> but, uh, um, it's cool. Like, it's, 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 reunions are fun. It's, it's, it's cool. But the nice thing about BC is, though, we sort of have like six reunions a year. Because yeah. we have the football game. So you right. see a lot of yeah. people frequently. So it's not like you go five years and, and like a lot of schools where you don't get to see people. So um, there is always someone that you haven't seen. Um, but with the tailgating and the football, um, you know, you definitely keep that really strong bond that I think other schools don't necessarily have. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's true. And uh, and during my senior year at BC, I was working at faci- in the facilities group, actually. And uh, we were preparing over the summer going into my senior year for the uh, reunion that was coming back that summer. And they made a huge deal of making sure that all the mod windows and doors were closed because all the alumni coming back try to get into the mods yeah. for their reunion. And also Edmonds is where they were putting all the, the five years because they knew it was going to get destroyed by that five-year reunion. Yeah. <laughs> um, I still stay. It's Last year we stayed at, um, oh, man, one of the new dorms. I forget the name. It was like Vanderslice, I think. Is that yeah. one of them? Yeah. Um, it's still awesome to stay overnight, even when I only live a mile from campus. Uh, but it's still really cool to spend the night in the dorms. Yeah. And yeah. do you pick your roommates, or how does that work? Yeah, you do. You can block with um, cool. your friends and all. So we had, I think that there was, what, eight men that we had last year? So, yeah, so you totally pick. They don't pick, even though it would be kind of interesting to pick at random, but <laughs> five-year would be fun. I mean, yeah. five-year is fun. Start getting older years. There's a lot of married couples, yeah. and yeah. It's, it gets not as fun, <laughs> even though ours last year was good. So I think there was a lot of divorce couples then and kind of <laughs> <laughs> that has its own right. fun yeah <laughs> i'll let you read the next one derek yeah sure so uh so you are steve uh, sorry steve is your official notary uh so, <coughs> yes. I, so steve yes, was yes. wondering what steve you think saved me <laughs> <laughs> so he was wondering what you think and what the review is what the uh best what notary the boston in tweets the city of boston. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> number one notary number one he yeah. travels he, he's at a good price he uh you'll get anywhere in the city of boston <laughs> No, so I sent a tweet looking for Flutter. There's some legal stuff we have to do with Flutter for raise money for charities. Um, just looking for someone on Twitter to be a notary, someone that I, I feel like I trust people that follow me. I think it's a right. really good group, and uh, uh, it's like this is the way because I've talked to a couple others. I'm like, ah, I'm not quite sure about this guy. Um, <laughs> and uh, Steve tweeted that he was, so we met up. He was a BC grad, so it all it all totally worked. And he has definitely saved my my ass with the attorney general. <laughs> so I get a hundred percent Tom Tomatoes, <laughs> <laughs> certified fresh. There you go. There you go. Perfect. Um, um, so speaking of you, you're actually we're working on these uh, notary documents for uh, Flutter, and so um, not many people know exactly what Flutter is. It's like your next foray into um, entrepreneurship. What uh, can you tell people what? Flutter is and what should they should expect and how they get involved with Flutter. Yeah, so Flutter started last June, June first, fifteen. It's uh, it's sort of a built as an opposite of an auction. It was built to get millennials and people in their twenties involved in charity when they can't really afford to maybe make a bid for five thousand um, dollars. Flutter creates experiences that people donate ten dollars for the chance to win. So it maxes at ten. All you can donate is ten dollars. So it makes oh interesting. Yeah, it makes everyone equal. So no, if Steve only has ten, but um, you know someone else can afford a thousand. It keeps everyone equal. So you can't buy extra chances. Um, so we've had a uh, trip to Barbados, trip to the Azores. Uh, we have actually uh, two nights in Manhattan uh, going live tomorrow. But our biggest one this month is uh, a year of free rent in Boston, uh, actually Cambridge at Chroma Cambridge. So you donate ten dollars, and one person will win a year of free rent. 
right now we're we're approaching twenty two thousand dollars raised. Wow. Yeah, wow. pretty close. So twenty two hundred people have donated ten dollars for a chance to win. And is that ten dollars a specific number for reason, or is that does it go up and down per the event? Not up, but down. Oh. So ten is the max. I think ten's an easy amount for anyone. You know, I think twenty might get a little high for people. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, I think eight might be the more optimum number. Um, just psychological, people might be a little more willing to spend eight. Uh, but we do go down. We have had uh, experiences at $4 and $5, yeah. which have actually raised almost the same amount of money because we get, but we get twice as many people involved. So right. the lower amounts are actually really interesting. Huh. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and I, I guess it, it might drive more people like, I'd re- I never really thought about that uh, approach, but it might drive more people to donate knowing that somebody can't go in there and buy half the tickets by by donating a huge amount. Yeah. Have, have you found that that seems to be the case? Yeah, because it's it's more fair. It's a fair yeah. way to do charity and fair way to win um, um, these experiences. So uh, yeah, yeah it, you know, because the guy, the rich guy, that can spend a thousand dollars, he doesn't get any extra chance. So you can actually get additional chances if you work your butt off on social media or something. So if you get people, if you get your friends to donate $10, then you actually win an extra chance. Huh. Uh, so you can gain additional chances if you get other people right. to donate. Okay. And so how do you get these experiences? Do you, Are they donations or, or do you negotiate with like the Chroma Cambridge? Like how do you get them on board for this? Yeah, so Chroma came about um, with Sumo. So Sumo is the uh, no-fee apartment uh, rental uh, app in Boston um, that has a relationship with Chrome already. So uh, the free rent is something I've been wanting to do since day one, mm-hmm. uh, but didn't really have the in to get it done. Um, a guy named Daniel, that's the CEO of Sumo, has a relationship with Chroma, and uh, he sort of brought it, and he's like, yeah, let's make this happen and uh, um, put this together. So, you know, that's that's how it started. Um, so actually, if you go, we send everyone through his site. So if you go to sumo.io slash in Boston, um, is, um, you know, where you'll find all the information about this. Cool. Cool. So that's, that's, uh, and for those of you who may have not have put it all together, that's the sponsorship that we read at the beginning of the episode as well. Uh, you're in Boston, hashtag you're in Boston or you're in Boston.com, uh, for all the details on that. And you can win by just donating $10. So, uh, Boston Tweet, Tom O'Keefe is his real name. Any any final thoughts before we say goodbye? To all, all your listeners, what do, what do you have to say? <laughs> you finally get to, to expand on, one hundred. what is it, 142 characters? Yeah. No, actually, funny, I was going to say, we were talking about the BC side thing. It's a funny story. My friends um, are all, like, legit careers, uh, <laughs> doctors, lawyers, uh, finance guys. Um, and in for years, like, dude, you don't have a job. What are you doing? You're tweeting? That's such bullshit. <laughs> um and a buddy of mine had a basher party, and they wanted to go to Foxwoods. And I have a really good relationship with Hegan's son. been working with him for years. Cool. Um, and, you know, a room down there is 500 bucks a night. And we had, I don't know, like 20 guys. So we're looking at five rooms, 2,500 bucks or so. Um, so I'm like, guys, let's go to Mohegan. If you go to Mohegan, I'll get us all rooms for free. Wow. And they're like, that's crap, bullshit. You'll never <laughs> get us rooms for free. So um, um, I talked to the girl that I work with down there, and I was like, I'm coming down with friends. Do they want to go to Foxwoods? And she's like, you're not going to Foxwoods. So we <laughs> showed up that day, and um, when we ride to Mohegan Sun, obviously we were very drunk on the bus ride down, <laughs> but uh, everything was calm for us. And at that moment, there was a little light in my friend's head that said, huh, maybe you actually do have a job. Maybe because you don't work 930 to 4, you actually have a job. Yeah. So This guy's legit. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> at cool. that time, I made it. Cool. Well, I'm glad we connected. I mean, I, I honestly just tweeted. I said, "I'm." You you sent out the. Does anyone know a notary? And I said, "I'm a BC grad notary. I can help out." And it, 
Um, now we have you on the podcast, and, and it's just um, great connection. So yeah, it's thank, great. Thanks, thanks guys. again. Thanks again for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Thank you guys. So there it is, Boston Tweet, our first big uh, Boston local guest. Our first big Boston local guest, and we're I'm, I'm going to assume that he's going to tweet about it, hopefully. Um, yep. And every single one of his followers is now listening. Uh, we we do have a pretty big listener base, so welcome all of Boston Tweet uh, followers. Uh, welcome to the You Heard It Here Second Family. Um, it's a pleasure to have you. Absolutely, absolutely. And so uh, we kind of skipped through our normal introduction this episode to get right to uh, Tom O'Keefe and Boston Tweets interview. Uh, so just to give all of you 180,000 new listeners a little <laughs> overview of how the show works, we generally break the show into four quarters uh, with four different topics. So that was the first quarter you just listened to. Uh, the episode as a whole was also sponsored by Year in Boston, which is Boston Tweets promotion that we talked about there. Um so that's the first quarter. Second quarter now we're going to be getting into is Game of Thrones, which we talk about every week now that the season is ongoing. In general, we'll talk about a television show that is popular in season. Uh, so we actually have talked about The Bachelor the before. Ba- the Bachelor was was, uh, was, was a, a bad mark on our history. It was a very popular topic. <laughs> it was, unfortunately. It was. Um, um, but we are news to those people who were fans of that. We are, as of now, not subscribing to The Bachelorette, which... I don't think we intend to do. I don't want to do it. I will. Everyone in my office watches The Bachelor and they love The Bachelorette. So I'm sure I'll hear the funniest parts about it yes. and we can talk about that. Yeah. Um, but we'll, I'm not going to we'll dedicate with two, for now. two hours every Monday to watch The Bachelor and Bachelorette no every it. few months. They repeat it yeah. every few months. Yeah. I can't do Maybe it. Maybe we can stick with The Bachelor. We cannot do both. Absolutely cannot do both. So anyway, uh, that's generally a recurring segment is if there's a big TV show on, we'll be talking about that each week. Uh, So that's Game of Thrones, which will be the second quarter. The third quarter, we'll do trivia for you, which we do every week. Uh, Sort of a bar trivia style with clues that are counting down, uh, getting more and more specific that you can try to guess after each clue. Uh, And then the fourth quarter will be all of the major sports topics, which right now uh, include quite a few uh, with the playoff season uh, deep into it with NBA and NHL. So we'll get to all of that. But first, we have Game of Thrones, which last night, uh, episode four, episode five, I think it was, uh, four, I think, for episode this season. Episode four called The Door. The Door. So heads up, there's spoilers. Spoilers. Um, so if you haven't, we actually, we also do timestamp where the segments start and finish. So if you haven't watched Game of Thrones and want to skip past yep. it, you can... Um, Take a look at the description on the SoundCloud uh, posting or the iTunes posting. It should be in the episode description and you can skip ahead to what's labeled third quarter trivia. That's when you, we're going to stop talking about. If you about do watch Game of Thrones, wow. 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 Come on. What about that episode? I think they listened. I think they listened to us. Oh last my week. gosh! So we've been kind of underhandedly. Um, I, I'll, cra- go, I'll call it healthy skepticism. Healthy. We ha- we haven't been bashing. We've, we've it. been bashing Game of Thrones. I've been bashing. I came out and said third episode. Bat- I wasn't digging it. Yeah, last week you bashed it a little bit, but that was the first I think turning the corner bashing it. And I and I've kind of been skeptical, but I, I didn't think it was that bad. But either way, episode four has turned it one around. One of one of the top three episodes i think it's one of those trademark episodes. exactly this is and for some reason i can remember um that episode in the first season the third season the fourth season is this and then where are we the fifth season now we're in, we're in six six now. i don't remember anything from last season that was great like one of those oh yeah the um the last season had the uh the episode with the 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 i think it was the penultimate episode with all the uh, at the wall when they all break through the wall and uh, yeah, but I didn't. I mean, that was that, f- that was the signature episode. Yeah, regardless. So like, this was definitely one of the like red wedding type episodes right. where you just 
it's going to stay with you as one of the episodes. Right. Um, excellent. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll get into rating it, but what, what were your overall thoughts? I mean, yes. we're going to, we'll, we'll quickly break them down like per storyline, but this one is obviously ma- one main storyline that we have to talk about. Yeah. It's obviously brand storyline. So we can get to that. Uh, actually there's two storylines. The Greyjoy storyline is, is, uh, yeah. is developing as well. So, uh, let's, let's touch on the other ones first. So I think, okay. uh, Sansa's storyline is not, may- maybe not moving that far along, but it's still progressing. But at least, still... at least we now don't have to deal with. John's and Sam, like now they're at least together. Yeah. So we're moving in some direction. Yeah, we, we converged on that front and we're yeah. moving forward. Um, Daenerys seems to maybe be on the verge of now getting moving forward. Nothing much happened in this episode, but Except she sends Jorah away and commands him to go heal himself. Just, just go find just the cure. That's all. Just, just go find it. That's I command all. you to become younger, smarter, <laughs> and and find a cure to something that nobody has a cure for. Yeah. So uh, she commands him to do all that. Uh, the kind of the long awaited moment for him to be back in her good graces, uh, which he's tried to do for what four seasons now. <laughs> yeah, I think. he's literally when she said like you've I've banished you twice, you've saved me twice. I was like, he saved you probably four or five yeah. times. <laughs> like you owe this guy your life. Yeah, um, sorry so, that he loves you. Yeah, sorry. So he's finally back in uh, her good graces, and she wants him uh, by her side as she conquers the world. But that means that he needs to go heal himself. So she commands him. And we'll see where that goes. But anyway, she looks to be maybe coming back into the fold, hopefully soon. Uh, we have the Greyjoy connection with that storyline, which we'll get to in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so Arya, Sansa kind of still just doing their thing last episode, but not necessarily dragging the episode down or anything yeah, like that. I think really. they just didn't get to those. But what are your thoughts on, on those two storylines? I mean, you can't move every storyline right. full. Like, That's what we criticized it for. For the first few episodes, they were spread too thin and not moving any storylines right. forward. This one they moved two or three big steps forward and then just touched on the others, which right. I'm totally fine. Which with. is what, yeah, that we, we were criticizing them for doing the exact opposite. Yeah. So that's exactly what I was looking for. You can't move everything forward. So they kind of just provide a little update, like Ari, like Ari is still over here doing her training, getting and, punched, getting and, beat and, up, and, and Sansa is has transformed into an authorita- authoritarian. Yeah, and, and now, is, now she's <laughs> like one of the strong, powerful women in the show. Yeah, and for the past, I mean. She's had a very rough go of it yeah, yeah, for, a few, certainly. for a few seasons, but all of a sudden she's like one of the stronger characters, which yeah. she definitely wasn't. Yeah, and, and she had a, in the very beginning of the episode, she kind of had one of those uncomfortable Game of Thrones scenes when she was questioning Baelish. Yeah. Kind of like persistently, like, what do you think he did to me? Like, yeah. like what else? What else type of thing? Which like, was very uncharacteristic. And so it's kind of, well, that's that the, turning t- the, that's page the TV on aspect. That's the TV it. aspect and also the transformation of her character, which the TV aspect is seemingly pushing. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, not to harp on that, but that is going in line with what we talked about and that the main actors and actresses that are in this show, which Sophie Turner is one of them and Sansa, are going to continue to get their characters developed more and more now that this is a TV show more than it is a book. Yeah, and they ha- and that's how they and that's, develop and, them. and that's fine. Yeah. That's the way the TV shows work. It's just just an observation that you're probably going to see that and that those main characters are going to be much more solidified now that you're past the books yeah. like, and the story. Like, Ram- like we didn't ha- hear from Ramsey this episode, right. but they've spent three episodes telling you how terrible he is because yeah. they don't have the book to kind of... I mean, they establish it, but the only way you can do it in television is by like gruesome yeah, scenes. And they've identified Ramsey as a powerful villain character that they're gonna, the TV show is gonna is gonna utilize. So, yeah. uh, so, so you know, those storylines are there. Also, we have this new Red Priestess. Who... I'm sick of the Red Priestesses. <laughs> is, so, is this one an elderly naked woman that they're gonna show us? I don't know. Did she have a necklace on? I didn't notice. She did have a necklace. She did on. have a necklace I on. So maybe but, she, maybe they all have magic necklaces. But I mean, I, the Lord of Light is. Not cool. He's just a lame <laughs> dude. Like I, I don't get 
where he fits in. There's all like everything we've seen so far has kind of led us to believe that the Lord of Light has whatever powers they say he has or she has, whatever. Um, but th- they've been wrong every time. Like they bring people back from the dead, but also like the Stannis wasn't the king. Like it's just kind of this mishmash of of pros and cons for the Lord of Light, right. and uh, and now there's a whole new priestess to say someone else is the king or queen, and it's just I, I mean I don't know where that whole red priestess. Yeah, it it seems a little bit of a mess to me, and I, I agree with you. I don't know if I have much more to add on it. We'll see what happens, but the it seemed like the 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 Lord of Light red priestess storyline was about at its limit with with what had happened so far, yeah. and you know. Melisandre kind of needs to just be the supporting character to the, the main storylines yeah. that are happening. And so to bring in, if they're launching a whole new character that is going to be a whole other side of this Lord of Light, I, I'm not in on it. But Well, I did like the scene. I like that yeah, the Var- scene, yeah. Varys kind of went, like attacked her about something that we were probably thinking. We yeah. were just like, the Lord of Light, like remember that was like yeah. Stannis Baratheon but, and now he's Yeah, dead. but then she attacks back and takes all the power yeah, and kind of in a creepy, scary way. And you're like, cool. Yeah, which is cool, but it's like, you know, it, I guess it's with some hesitation because I don't know if you want to dive into that fully. But um, but interesting note there uh, anyway. And, you know, she also did call out the fact that, like, where is Daenerys? Like, the, this is who I came to see. I came to see the queen who's just been chilling elsewhere for a long time. Now. So <laughs> when's she, when she coming back? She's um, out there grinding. Out there grinding. So uh, <laughs> now we get to the two big storylines, which are the two headliners of this episode. We'll start with let's start with Euron Greyjoy because we kind of touched on yeah. um, their connection to Daenerys. But I was not surprised that he showed up at the King's Moot. Um, I liked the King's Moot. It was very cool. It's kind of like exactly how mm-hmm. it went in the book, or is is how I pictured going in the book. Um, but the connection to Daenerys kind of caught me off guard, yeah. and I like it. Yeah, I, I'm. I mean, Daenerys is, she's been looking for ships for three yeah. seasons, four seasons, yeah. and no one's given her ships. And now this guy's like, I'll give her ships. So, so, <laughs> so, th- so Euron's plan is phenomenal on all fronts except for one, which reality, we'll to. reality. Yeah. <laughs> so, so his, the methodology and the concept of his plan is great. Yeah. And, and it was actually a perfect sell as to why he deserves um, to be the king. Yeah. You know, I like or, it. Or to, to be the ruler of the Iron Islands. And it's because, by comparison, he is the one who can go team up with Daenerys and be, you know, the king to her queen and rule the world. You know, that can happen. I mean, just with the pure ships. Like, he doesn't right. have to be right. king, but if he's someone's like, I have yeah. 100,000 million yeah. ships, like, there right. you go. So so then the, the part of his plan I don't like is that he gets all his ships taken and he tells the guys to go start chopping down trees. Because <laughs> that is going to move at a very, very slow rate. To be able to, to pull build, this off. he said. No, he said, build, build me a thousand, a thousand ships. ships. Yeah, chop down the trees first to and get the like, wood. And the like, fifteen guys behind him go like, "You got it. <laughs> we'll be done in a, in a week." <laughs> yeah. So that part of it is a little bit. Uh, maybe could use some more innovation to. Yeah. To I mean, maybe think knowing Game way. of Thrones, who like this storyline's probably going to get shifted in some way. Yeah. Like, you're on Greyjoy might be dead next episode. That's who true. knows? That's but. True. The idea of someone finally giving anyone it could be yeah, anyone giving yeah. Daenerys these ships. The initiative is great. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm all about it. We'll see how the execution goes. Um, so so that that's that. Anything else on the Greyjoy storyline? Um, I like it. I mean, I think yeah, what's I think her I name? Mean. Osha, Asha, Osha. Yeah, um, I, I like her as a character. Um, I think Theon was fine in that episode. I, I liked. I liked Theon's support. The the book. For his so I've read the books and you haven't. Um, and I'm not going to talk about how the, how it different how it differentiates, but the 
Iron Island storyline in the books, like I've been saying, is so good. Um, and so we're finally start starting to get a glimpse of how cool the Iron Islands yeah. can be, which I like. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that brings oh. us to the last storyline, which is Bran and the whole weird tree storyline that hold we were confused door. about. And hold, hold the door. door. So uh, wow. So basically, uh, a, a weird uh, time loop uh, with the with warging and going into different yeah. time zones puts Bran in this circular logic with Hodor, and it's very difficult to explain. But Hodor is. Way in the past, like having a seizure, basically because Hodor he's the... had one job in his life. He had one purpose in life, right? Was to hold, to hold the door. Hold the door. So Hodor has officially Hodor. Yeah, and, and, and you know it was funny as we were watching it. Um, Tommy, who was one of our friends, who we were watching it with. Uh, he he had said as as Hodor as you know that voice kept yelling, "Hold the door, hold the door." He's like, "Is yeah. that where he got his name?" And at first, it doesn't actually seem obvious. Oh, it's I like knew that maybe, right away. Well, well yeah, but but it, the, the way the show is editing it, it, it's almost like maybe that's just like a, a coincidence they put in. But they make it very very clear because he continues to say it, and it morphs together into Hodor. Like like as oh. as his he keeps mu- like muttering. As it, soon it as Mira Hodor. said, "Hold the door," and he yeah. like, you knew he was going to die. I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, and that's that's where it comes from. Yeah. So, uh, very very cool. I guess cool like circular logic there with the. The time travel thing finally coming into play and being a confusing but also intriguing aspect of that. So we find out where he where he gets his name from, and yeah. he he goes down valiantly holding the door. Uh, I mean, Hodor is was probably one of the best characters yeah. in TV show yeah. history. Yeah, and, and it's great to get that reveal because this whole time you're just laughing every single time he's on screen yeah. because all he says is Hodor, and he like he says it with a expression on his face, like he everything except for the words is like is a normal reaction, except he always just is saying Hodor, and you finally get that answer. So, so here's that, my that, question that cool. to you, because this obviously opens up a whole new avenue for Game of Thrones, which I'm not sure I'm I excited know where you're about. going. <laughs> Time travel. Yeah, no. <laughs> so we've talked, about, we've talked about how Game of Thrones might be becoming lost, where it spreads itself too thin, writes itself into corners, especially now that they don't have the book to follow. Um, I did hear, I, I um, read this, that this was... In the books, George R. R. Martin had contacted the okay. TV show, and, and this was a part that will be in the books. Okay. So That's they didn't. Very they didn't. Yeah, right. They didn't write the Hodor's name thing into the show. Right. It was part of the overarching storyline. Yeah, which makes sense. I yeah. mean, but that being said, now we have Bran giving seizures to someone in the past. Well. Even a step back further, Bran going into the past and getting touched by a White Walker, which set the whole thing off. Yeah, uh, like, like th- there's a lot of stuff going on in in the non-present time that's actually making an impact. And, and they had, I guess, they had foreshadowed it when the the old guy in the tree was warning Bran, "Do not, you cannot make don't an impact. Like, don't do things too yeah. long, or you'll yeah. drown." But but now, one thing I do want to bring up is that we didn't we didn't get to see the tower scene that we were anticipating. And, right, and that, and that seems like we might not see it at this point, unless Bran, because he says now you become me. So unless Bran can somehow right get back to that get, tree that got whether or not it's up. the tree or however yeah. whatever he has to do, he can become that person again. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know exactly how I feel about adding this layer to Game of Thrones. It's every single season gets further away from reality, I, yeah. I guess, in a sense, even though it's not really reality at all. Yeah. 
Um, but the whole first season, besides the dragons, was very it's sort of based in reality. Based it's, in reality, very little magic. Yeah. Now we're we've spun into yeah. semi time travel. So yeah. I mean, it's it all it's all working very cohesively. It's just kind of makes me nervous about how. Yeah, it, 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 it comes. It, it comes down to a, a very similar. It, it it what it's what becomes the root of a lot of criticism for TV shows is when you're being asked to suspend your disbelief too much, yep. and, and that can be a dangerous slope to be on. I think that you know to explain to yourself the whole Hodor storyline, you have to. I said this after the episode last night. You have to suspend your understanding of time and how time works to actually accept the way that these time travel kind of storylines work, and so. When a show is asking you to start suspending too much disbelief, it can get it can yeah. get tricky. I mean, so. but o- overall, unbelievable! Like the connections oh, yeah. there, seamless. Like yeah. it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, extremely I was like, well executed. I was like, had, it wasn't a lost time travel. <laughs> oh my gosh, no! It, this was like I was on the verge of tears, and also like had shivers, and was like, <laughs> "What? What's going on?" Like it was. Yeah, uh, it was nuts. Yeah. Uh, so what do you give it, Derek? Dragon fruits. Oh, that episode! I'll give that a ninety-four. I'm giving it a. So certified, certified Pattaya Colada. Okay, I'm giving it a ninety percent Steve Nicholas avocados. There you go. Um, certified guac. There you go. For nice. sure. And also, part of the reason you were shivering was likely because of your anxiety with the lightning game too, which we'll get oh, to. Oh yes. Oh. So mid period, uh, watching that Game of Thrones episode is is not uh, second period the most was soothing. second period was happening, and I I couldn't take a yeah. take my eyes off too much of game of too much going on. So. Uh, that wraps up the second quarter with Game of Thrones and moves us into the third quarter where we have some trivia for you. All right. So um, you guys all know how this works. If not, um, we're going to read clues in order of uh, how specific they are. And um, if you get it on the first try, you're great. Second try, you're good. Third try, you're okay. Fourth try, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> so the first clue. This person was born on October 24th, 1986. Um, usually we give a bit more detail, but that's all you're getting for the first clue. Born on October 24th, 1986. All right, second clue. This person attended Forest Hill Collegiate Institute, but in the end did not graduate. All right, clue number three. Uh, when this person was younger, they appeared in a total of 138 episodes of a very popular children's television show. All right, we're piecing together a few, but still might be tricky. Uh, this fourth one might be a big help. Clue number four, this person's real name is Aubrey Graham. All right, Aubrey uh, first garnered recognition for their role as Jimmy Brooks um, in the popular children's television series Degrassi. All right, and hopefully you might know this by now, but if not, clue number six he know when that hotline bling, that can only mean one thing. I'm and glad I wrote it out like that. So you had to read it like that. <laughs> and he is a Toronto Raptors fan uh, and also a fan of anybody else who is winning at the moment. Uh, Drake is the answer. Drake. Aubrey Drake Graham. Um, did, I didn't know that that was his real name. I didn't. I, I, I mean, have, I'm assuming a lot of people do, but. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have known if you asked me what his real name was, but when you said it, it rang a bell and I remembered it. So Pretty good rapper. Pretty good rapper. Pretty good, pretty good. So that wraps up trivia, third quarter, and brings us into the fourth, which is sports. And we have a few big sports topics. Uh, we'll sandwich them in the middle, and we'll start and end with a few uh, lesser mainstream topics, although mm-hmm. they've been ma- the, the latter one being mainstream over the weekend. So uh, we start off with a local one, uh, Boston College. We talked about BC earlier with Boston Tweet. 
And we'll start with another debacle of a BC storyline, which is Boston College football. Uh, and Troy Flutie, the underachieving quarterback and wide receiver, uh, quarterback turned wide receiver and son, uh, nephew of uh, BC great Doug Flutie, is arrested drunk driving with a DUI over the weekend. Mm-hmm. What are so your thoughts? It kind of personifies Boston College's football season. Yeah. Um, I felt like our entire offense was drunk when they were on the field. Yep. Um, so he, he it, was the one driving it half it, the time. It, it, right. So he was driving the offense drunk. drunk. Um, they were very bad. Um, this is not surprising. It, it, it actually, it's very surprising for a Boston College football player off the field because typically they're very um, high standing. They, they don't get in trouble. They're student. The definition of student athletes um, or just students who happen to play football right. and are not very athletic. Right. Um, that being said, it's unfortunate. Obviously, you never want to see uh, one of your own get um, in trouble. Not just in trouble, but commit something like yeah. this, um, especially drunk driving. So um, that just came out within the last few days. So we'll follow up on that. But I think it's and he's underage. He, he was twenty. Right. Right. Um, so it's kind yeah, of. I think he's a he was a redshirt sophomore, I believe. Yeah. So it, the only good that can come of this is that he's probably not going to play football for yeah. Boston and, College. And and yeah at. To be honest, from a strictly from a strict football sense, with the story, he shouldn't be on the team. I, I mean, Troy Flutie was a bad quarterback this yeah, year. He's got the name Flutie, and he he's got the name Flutie, and that's why he's on the team. I mean, to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. That's the reason he's on the team because he's now being transitioned to a wide receiver. Are you telling me that Troy Flutie is a Division One wide receiver? No, no. So, uh, from a strict football sense, this should cement that he is not on the football team. I mean, that this is it's a dumb thing to do. Drunk driving is is stupid, especially when you're in, like if you're in college. Why like this? This makes no sense to be drunk driving. Take an Uber. Take an Uber. It's it's the 21st century. So, yeah. <laughs> so no excuses for Troy Flutie. I I hope that he's not on the team anymore uh, because I think that his name has has given him as far of a ride as he can get with uh, the whole football thing. So harsh maybe, words maybe, from maybe Derek. Dancing with the Stars can be next. <laughs> oh, so uh, nice. so that moves us to our next topic, which is playoff hockey, which is maybe the best topic. Love always. it. Um, so we have, uh, I'll just quickly touch on the West first. The Sharks and Blues are tied at two. Uh, you know, haven't watched a ton of that series and Steve, you probably haven't watched much of it at all. Don't care. Um, great series though. The Sharks and Blues are both good teams. Uh, both teams that are, that are seeing this territory for the first time trying to get to the cup really. I mean, these teams don't win a lot. The Sharks often get very far and fall short. So it's good to see these teams battling it out like this. Um, Joe Thornton's made a few phenomenal passes. You should just go check YouTube for some of the passes he's made in this series. But either way, tight game has seven written all over it. It's two to two right now. Uh, I believe the next game is tonight, actually, either tonight or tomorrow. So, uh, so we'll see what happens there. But the big one is in the East, where the Tampa Bay Lightning wow. are one win away from trouncing the Pittsburgh Penguins after going up three two with an overtime win. I didn't see the end of this game. I saw it earlier in the game. I'll let you talk about it first. The Lightning win a huge game five on the road. Huge game five. That, so to close it this out is home. without, and I, I full disclosure, I am a, a from Tampa. I'm a t- Tampa Bay fan all the way for all the sports. Um, but I won't harp on it too much because I know most people listening are probably Boston fans. Um, so they won 15 seconds into overtime. Um, they've lost 15 seconds to overtime to the Penguins before. So this was a nice uh, turn of events. They they got this win uh, without Steven Stamkos, obviously, and their backup goalie. Um, so Ben Bishop, what's the, the goalie award for best goalie? It's like the, uh, the Vesna. The yeah. Ve- Vesna award winning Ben Bishop got hurt. He's been gone the past three games. Uh, Vasilevsky steps up. Really doing a very, 
I don't want to say great job because he's giving up three or four goals a game, but if you have the Lightning team that can score that much, you're you're doing just fine. Um, yeah, very on edge. They score with about two minutes left in the third and then win in overtime. Um, very got me very stressed out. <laughs> um, but I I mean it's a very resilient Lightning team, um, and any team that they and they're actually um, vying to go back to the finals. They're in the finals last year and lost. Um, so I mean I obviously am rooting for them. Not many people I know love the Penguins. Um, they're kind of yeah. an easy team to hate. Um, so I say go Lightning, go Bolts. Yeah. And, and, and I will say I, I think I'm going to give Vasilevsky a pretty good grade for his performance in this series. The Penguins are an extremely high octane offense. Well, first of all, apparently they showed that stat. They hadn't lost. Yeah. They were 42 and 0 or 46, 46 and 0. 46 and 0 this season when leading le- when leading two. after two periods. So now yeah. they're forty six and one. Yeah, ridiculous uh, success after the second period for them when they have the lead. So a huge win for the Lightning. And and yeah, I, I think Vasilevsky he's, he's obviously letting some goals in, but he's making big saves, he opportune is. saves. And again, this Penguins team is very high powered. So for a backup to be thrown into the fire in the conference finals against this team, I think it's a very good job he's done. And so the, and the best they they took this at Pittsburgh. Yeah, so that's huge. They have taken back home. It's huge, but you got to you got to just you got to close this out in game you 6. Have, you don't, you, you have not, to win. You do not want to go back to Pittsburgh for game 7. Yes. So, uh we'll see what the Lightning can do, but that would be huge and as crazy as it sounds, as short-handed as the Lightning are, you might like their prospects better going into the finals than you did last year because the teams in the West are not the Blackhawks. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the Blackhawks are a well-oiled machine once they've reached the finals. Um, so you've got the Sharks and the Blues who both have le- much less experience at this point finals-wise than the Lightning will have. So uh, very, very interesting seeing what's going to happen there. But hopefully for all of us, and I think we can agree on this one, we don't like the Penguins. Sorry, Reed. We don't like them. So, Sorry, Reed. Uh, so hopefully the, the Lightning can uh, take down the Penguins and go to the finals. So... That's it for hockey. Moving over to basketball, a few big storylines of basketball. We'll start out west the way that we did, uh, you know, all along pretty much because it's the more interesting storyline at least so far. Although things may be changing, uh, OKC bashes the Warriors in bashes Game Three, to, takes a two to one lead. Comical, just ridiculous. I mean, we turned it after Game of Thrones. We flipped it on, and OKC had 117 points, and it was the third quarter. Did they just score 70 something? In 72 in the first 72 half. 72 in the first half. Yeah, in fact. That game was 40-40 to with about six minutes left in the first half, and the halftime score was 72-47. to So uh, uh, Oklahoma City ended on a 32-7 to run in the last half of the second quarter. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's in, insane. I mean, we've been talking about it the whole time. If this OKC team runs the way it's supposed to, where Kevin Durant gets all the scoring chances, Russell Westbrook is a bull them. Who, yeah. and, and creates them, drives hard, dishes out. Um, scores the points he's supposed yeah. to score, and then you got their role players playing the way they are with Stephen Adams and Ennis Cantor being legitimate big men down low, like as good as any other team's big men in these playoffs right now with the remaining four teams. And Dion Waiters is playing well. I mean, when when this team clicks, this team is the best team in the league. As much as Warriors fans would hate to hear that, the, when the Thunder have everyone clicking, they're what the Warriors have been when they're all clicking. And yeah. so that's a, a terrifying thought for Golden State. Uh, so I think my new favorite player in the NBA is Stephen Adams. <laughs> he is—he's definitely most hilarious. improved on the favorite scale. Yes, he w- went from no one to top five players for me. Yeah, I love him. And also, um, so another big story from that game is Draymond Green, who has a history of doing this, um, actually kicked Stephen Adams. Literally kicked him in the uh, lower midsection. Correct. Um, very painful hilarious screenshot if you can google 
Draymond Green <laughs> kicks Stephen Adams. Um, Stephen Adams' facial expression. Stephen Adams is like has a and, blank face and, and his hands up, and Draymond Green is like karate kicking. Yeah, him. his leg is full Karate Kid extension yeah. into uh, <laughs> his yeah, undercarriage. Right. And so what? So Draymond Green today comes out not suspended, uh, only fined for that. So. What is your thought on that? I guess my thought is not surprised, certainly. Correct. But, but what is your thought beyond whether you're surprised or not? Um, not surprised. I don't, you hate to see. I mean, he didn't punch him. He didn't. I mean, I it, it's hit it's hit or miss whether he did it on purpose. It's yeah. Um, and if you make that call, you're if if you start suspending based on reputation in Game Four of yeah. the Conference Finals, then I think it's probably the wrong approach. So I think. I'm putting myself in the situation. Uh, Isaiah Thomas had a play in the playoffs when he kind of whacked a guy on the side of the head, made it look like he wasn't doing it on purpose. I, I would have been upset if he got suspended. I think you got to put yourself in the shoes of if it was your team in this situation. Yeah. You'd be pretty upset if he gets suspended and over I something don't, that I don't isn't. like when like the something as small as that. I mean, yeah. it's I know it's a big deal to actually be if you do it on purpose, but yeah. that affected the game so little. To lose one of your best players in the playoffs, um, in the Western in Conference a Finals, game, I mean, exactly yeah. would would kind of it would hurt the NBA. First of all, yeah, it, it would it would true. not be good for the NBA, and that's the main reason I'm not surprised. So, exactly. so that, that's where my not surprised come from is because the NBA generally doesn't make those those earth shattering decisions to suspend somebody in a massive game like that. The usually. NBA is out for the NBA only. Yeah, right. um, that's one thing about. Um, the NBA is that they make decisions yeah. very much based on right. the face of the league. Right. And, and, and to be, and you know, the truth is if I'll have to double check, I believe what I read was that the NBA actually upgraded Draymond Green's file to a flagrant two, to a flagrant two which yeah. is an ejection. A flagrant two is an automatic ejection, which means it was an intent intentional flagrant foul. Um, but that was kind of their cop out for not suspending him. Yeah. And so that's, it's kind of clear that they, I mean, and I don't know how you can blame them either, I guess, but it's kind of clear they know that, they, that Draymond Green should be playing in this game because this game is, is the face of the league. I, yeah. I mean, this series is, is the the marquee series of the NBA This is playoffs. exactly what the NBA wants. Yeah, they, they need it. If, and they, so, if, if it doesn't live up to hype. But like, them finding him and upgrading it, so it's like in the books he probably gets ejected from a game, yeah. you know, technically. Um, it it kind of just fits in with what I would expect. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, I don't necessarily blame them for it i don't think it's the wrong that i'm not going to sit here and say he should be suspended for a game and draymond green like it's yeah his off i mean i like draymond green i think he's an unbelievable basketball player i love the way he plays his off the court stuff is just kind of getting a little old a for little me bit. yeah um he he defends he he never owns up to stuff ever ever he kind of just makes excuses all the time um and he's like he's trying to be like this fashion icon he's just kind of all over the place and i don't love it um so his uh, explanation for why he did it was something like, "I'm sure he's trying to have kids, and I ain't trying to end that." Yeah, like, dude, that's not what you were thinking. Yeah, like you, you just are, or you should have said like, "Oh, my leg went up. Like, I didn't know it happened. Yeah. Apologize." Like instead, he's like trying to make it a joke. So yeah, I don't know. for sure. So either way, Golden State gets Draymond Green back and uh, really faces a, a critical must-win game. I think with you can't go down three-one against the Thunder. Um, but as was pointed out uh, by one of the stats I saw earlier, uh, Golden State has been down two to one three times in the last two years, uh, and they've come back to actually win three in a row all three times. Really? Uh, yeah. Mm. So, um, and didn't even need a game seven in any of those situations. So, uh, should be interesting to see if they can do that again. I don't think they can. I think we said this from the beginning. I, I think this series is going seven games. I think these teams are. I think they're the two best teams in the league now that I watched Oklahoma City face San Antonio. I think San Antonio had their flaws and their age got to them. Um, and so I think 
you know, I think these are the two best teams in the league, and I think that they're going to go seven, personally, and, and we'll see who, who wins it. I don't know. I agree. Sep, uh, I picked Golden State. I'll, I'll stick with them, but certainly some doubt I think there. I picked the Thunder. You did. You did. Love we, it. we both picked seven, I think. So, uh, so moving over to the East, the Raptors are now, – now, we don't have the final result of the game happening tonight, but it's possible this is a 2-2 series uh, when this podcast airs. Right now, just for the sake of – you know, making it clear what we're talking about. The Raptors have a 16-point lead, so this looks like the Raptors could be tying this series up. They won't. I think they will. Okay, well, so, they won't. Um, um, this this is a non-factor. Cleveland wins the next games. They win the, the games they have to play. They win the games they have to win and are in the finals. I mean, I, I like Toronto, um, but this is... This is a Cleveland... Yeah, so I... Warriors or, or Thunder. So... Finals. I won't say I disagree that Cleveland is going to make the finals. I don't want it to happen. Um, I'm rooting for the Raptors. Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, I can't sit here and, and disagree that Cleveland's going to make it. I, I think that this has a chance to go a lot further than people think. So, often forgot, the Raptors had a one-game worse record than the Cavaliers this season. One-game difference in the standings. Mm-hmm. Both teams had the same record on the road, 24 and 17 on the road. They're both bad road teams. And so this is what you could have expected on the series if people didn't yep. immediately just be like, oh, like the Cavs are going to sweep them after games one and two. You know, these teams play much better at home than they do on the road. I wouldn't be surprised if this was one of those series that the home team won every game. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think it's it's interesting. This this thing could go seven. Obviously, in game three, uh, Kyrie uh, Irving and Kevin Love were ice cold. Kyrie went three for 19. Yep. Love went one for nine. Um, the Cavaliers had stretches this year when they were that cold. So I think... It's not that. That's the only reason I don't say it's out of the realm of possibility that the Raptors could could make something crazy happen here. But again, if I'm being my skeptic on the NBA, I don't see the NBA letting it happen. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't think the NBA has any much yeah. control over it. But it would be so bad for the NBA if the Toronto's yeah. were the finals. Yeah. <laughs> C- Toronto call a couple Raptors. fouls on Demar Derozan in the first quarter. Like I, I've always been. I've always had this skepticism about the NBA with that. I don't think it's as bad with Adam Silver as what was Dave, with David Stern, but. We'll see. That that's a whole different topic. We can get into that. Probably we never will get into that. But nah, it's um, not worth it. But anyway, the we'll see what happens. But the Raptors could be tying the series two two and at least making it, at least making Cleveland work for it to get to yeah. the finals. So, uh, last topic. Last topic. Mm. So the Preakness. Um, it was a rainy day. It's it's in um, Baltimore, Maryland. Um, two horses died in yeah. the races before the actual Preakness. Um, so what are your thoughts on it? Like it's and mainly because it's a gross rainy day and they're running on bad conditions. Do yeah. you suspend it or push it? Like I mean, we won't get too much of this. It's yeah, just it's so just news. It's just news I, yeah, that we have. It's talk news about. that yeah. It's it's news. I mean, I don't know what the I don't know if did do you know if the conditions had any bearing I don't on, know if, on the I don't know on if the that, incident. I don't know if that's exactly why, but it definitely was like a rainy, muddy track. Right. Um, and that's been known to be when Dangerous, things like yeah. this happen. And two in one yeah, day is and, unheard of. Yeah, right. And, and so, and yeah, I think it, if nothing else, it should be a wake-up call. I think that, uh, you, you know, obviously there's plenty of activist groups that would be against against horse racing and really, you know, dog racing, any type of animal racing like that. Um, I'm not going to sit here and take a strong stance one way or another. I don't, I don't follow it enough. I don't know enough about it. But I think... It's certainly a wake up call, and it's something that you know every other sport. If if it's a regular sport, if if it's a dangerous condition or dangerous circumstance, you always postpone it and you play it later. Um, I think it would be irresponsible if that was happening, and and they knew that it was dangerous conditions. What yeah. again? I don't know if that's especially because these horses are 
million dollar yeah, horses. Exactly, and you you would think that you would think that that would factor into this when you look at, some, at like American Pharaoh and how much money that horse is pulling in for its owners. You would think owners would be more careful about that if if the conditions are dangerous to be to reschedule that, and so you would hate to see it be something that just gets ignored because of how much betting goes on. You know, you would hate for that to be the reason, yeah. but. Probably an unfortunate reality. Um, so the Preakness winner actually was Exaggerator, the horse Exaggerator, um, and the title is Dash. The title in a, a bunch of these news articles is Dashing Nyquist's Triple Crown Hopes. Um, so Nyquist wins the first leg of <laughs> and, the three and races, and was then a Triple Crown hopeful, and is then obviously a Triple Crown hopeful, and that's all anyone can talk about. Uh, I'm not hyped up about winning the Triple Crown. It happened. Like I'm glad it happened last year, so people could. I thought people were going to stop talking about it. Unfortunately, um, they are not. It's a weird that you can't be, like, you can't win this race and be, like, the horse that won this race. Yeah. You have to be the horse that wins the Triple Crown. Yeah. Which it blows my mind, because there's only three races, and it never, ever happens. So why can't we all just, like, bet on yeah. a few horses I, I mean, are supposed to win? I would be fine with, how about we just compromise and say that you can't start talking about the Triple Crown until you win the first two. Exactly. Like, every single year, we'll be talking about the Triple Crown. If Even before about, the first race. Yeah. Oh, this this horse could win the Triple Crown. Well, yeah, the, all three races still have to be run, so obviously they could win the Triple Crown. Yeah. They all could. If they, you know, anybody who's racing in all three could. And it's not that... Let's wait until they win the first two, and then it's a legitimate hype. Like... I mean, it's just, I'm trying to think of a comparable example of just hyping something up before it's even happened. It would be like, it would be like winning the first... 10 games of the season and saying that that the Warriors were going to go undefeated like like 82 and 0 and actually yeah. legitimately thinking that they were going to go like having legitimate conversations about whether they're going to go 82 and 0. Yeah. That's like what it's like for talking about the Triple Crown. Yeah. So I I'm I don't love horse racing. I love the betting on horse racing um but I thought that was interesting that Nyquist's hopes were dashed um in the second leg of dashed. the Second leg of the yeah. Triple Crown. Too bad for Nyquist. So Too bad for Nyquist. Uh, that wraps up the fourth quarter. And you get to pick whether you go first or second on the final drive. Huh. This time I will pick first. First. Um, so the past few days I was in uh, Miami, Florida. Um, unbelievable time. I was there for a sales conference. Um, did some very iconic Miami things. Um, smoked some non-Cuban cigars. Uh, we went to the Versace mansion. Saw where Vers- Versace was killed on the front steps. Did Live Nightclub, um, one of the top five nightclubs in the world. Um, talked to Jason Derulo in the bathroom. Kind of blew it. I was washing my hands next to him. Him and all his boys were there, and he had some like super cool uh, coat on. And he was just washing his hands in the bathroom. I turned to him and I pat him on the back and said, "Good luck tonight in Live, <laughs> the nightclub, like the biggest nightclub in Miami, one of the best nightclubs in the world." And I was just like, "Hey, good luck." <laughs> it was like That's two in the morning. Yeah, I, I didn't say like I'm a huge fan. Let me get a photo. I just. Good luck. Pat, pat him on you the need, back. You need some luck. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go out here and watch you do your thing now. <laughs> um, so that was fun. We stayed at the Fontaine Blue, which like Jay Z raps about it in his songs. Um, went to a, a bunch of other cool places. The Forge was a, a beautiful restaurant. So overall, had a great experience in Miami. I'm super tired. It was a weekend and a half. It was very very long. Um, but Miami definitely lived up to the hype. It was there you go. good pun. Everything you picture in your head. It is. Um, so it's crazy. Like, people are drinking all day. It, it, it's 
party all, all day. The weather's beautiful. Everything's on the beach. Um, it's just unbelievable. Maybe so. that's what's distracting Giancarlo Stanton from performing for you. He is the worst. <laughs> He's <laughs> so, so bad. <laughs> so my final drive is going to be quick. Uh, it's just a quick little shout-out for something we haven't talked about, but um, it's almost a PSA to Murph that we're going to need to bring you on soon to talk about it. The MTV Challenge uh, season is back, and it's about four episodes in. Uh, I just caught up on it within the last week, so I hadn't been uh, mentioning anything on it, but I would like to reiterate uh, that this this show just continues to increase its crazy factor in all of its contestants. Yes. Um, they had recently opened up not just Real World, but Are You the One as another feeder show to give it contestants. And then from the last challenge season, which was Bloodlines, the the contestants, which you had seen some of that, all brought a bloodline, so a cousin or a brother or, or some relative. And now those people are in the pool for some reason, <laughs> people that can come back on challenges. So I don't know, because they haven't been on an MTV show besides that one that was a Bloodline show. So uh, MTV is really going to the extremes they need to to make sure that the cast is still just completely off the rails crazy. So uh, that's what I've seen so far in this season. And uh, definitely just a little bit of a heads up that we're going to need to get Murph on soon to break down some of the psychology in that show and figure out what anybody on that show is thinking. So, But definitely entertaining and uh, more laugh out loud, this person is crazy moments than I've had in recent memory with the challenge. So, I like it. So there it is. That's all the time we have for episode 23 of You Heard It Here Second. Thanks again to Tom O'Keefe, Boston Tweet. Uh, for joining us in the first quarter and also uh, for the promotion that we've talked to you guys a few times about definitely go donate to that it's worth it it's a great uh, great startup uh, uh, program there Flutter uh, and you can win some good experiences there as well so so that's it for episode 23 and we'll see you guys next week for episode 24 later days